0: Hey, 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 Chiefs Kingdom. Today we got another game preview. It's week three and we're heading to Indianapolis. We're going to go ahead and cover all that. It's going to be a quick one today, Chiefs Kingdom. So with that being said, I'd like to welcome you all to the Kingdom Connect podcast. This is the Kansas City Chiefs podcast. You're with your host and producer, Eric Lapartis, certified health and performance trainer. Hope Chiefs Kingdom is doing very, very well today. We're recording this episode on Thursday, September 22nd. It's actually cool outside today. Um, weather is starting to get a little uh, nicer out. It's actually starting to feel like football weather. Uh, like I mentioned the other day, leaves are changing fall is here. It's pretty much the first day of fall, and um, sun should be kind of done burning us up (laughs) from here on out. Um, I know this is kind of off topic, but I know that there are hurricanes down in the uh, Atlantic right now. So for the people who live down in those areas, I hope that you guys, you know, take shelter, do what you guys got to do to, you know, be safe and Pray for all you guys and hope you guys can survive, you know, the storms to come. So um, anyways, let's get into this episode. And one thing that I wanted to do and I have been meaning to actually, you know what? I don't even think I did it even for the first episode so I've been wanting to kind of give out overall game grades uh kind of my personal opinion of how I saw the team perform and I'm just going to do an overall I'm not going to break it down by like oh what did I think the offense did or what I think the defense did or anything like that like obviously I'm going to talk about the games and you know when I review them in in general but um and this is a preview episode for our next matchup but Um, anytime I review, I will give a game grade and I also want to do a game ball for whoever I thought had the most impact. And I wouldn't necessarily say the best player I I'm, I'm going to do the most impactful player who helped contribute that win. Now, obviously if it comes down to like, you know, obviously Pat who throws five touchdowns, And stuff like that in week one, then because he threw five touchdowns, it pretty much annihilated the game. So with that being said, I'm going to give my first game ball to Pat uh, Mahomes, 1-5, in the week one matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. And then uh, my game ball in week two's uh, matchup, the Thursday night game against the Chargers, I'm going to give that game ball to Jalen Watson Um, Just because, you know, his interception returned to the house that that pretty much that pretty much sealed the game, you know, kind of I don't want to say it was like kind of a momentum shift, but, you know, it kind of was. I mean, Chris Jones had an amazing game and, you know, honestly, I wanted to give him the game ball, but it was just kind of hard not to give it to the rookie. You know, that was really a special moment and especially the story behind it. It was just amazing. You know, some could even give it to, you know, Willie Gay. You know, even though he had a couple missed tackles, you know, he was just all over the field and he had shut down a lot of plays, too. Um, So, yeah, I give Pat the first game ball and then I give Jalen Watson the second game ball. And then the overall grade that I give uh, week one wasn't, uh, you know, I'd give it an A. I mean, it was just, you know, we came in there and we took care of business from start to finish. Everybody played well. Everybody was good. Um, I mean, I know we kind of had some bang, you know, guys got banged up. Obviously, uh, we lost McDuffie and then, you know, Harrison Butker and all this and that. Um, and then I want to uh, give probably I'm going to go ahead and give like probably a a B, a solid B for the um, the Chargers game just because. It was, you know, it was a gritty win. It was ugly in the first half. I mean, it was not good. And then things obviously started to pick up. I mean, you know, there was some moments, but the Chargers had, you know, their way most of the game. Um, but it just took key moments, you know, for our team to battle it out. You know, obviously get ahead at a point and then seal the game up. So uh, I give it about a B for that game. Um And then obviously when we uh, do the review for our next matchup, uh, we will give out a game ball and do a game grade for that one. So that's what I wanted to do. And I finally did it. I, you know, honestly, I was even going to do it in the uh, bonus episode uh, that I did a few days ago over uh, Willie Gay's circumstances. Um, I was going to give out the game grades and game ball, but I just it spaced out, you know, for me. So I didn't get to get to it. So. Anyways, um, we are on to the Indianapolis Colts, and we are heading to Indianapolis. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of shocked by their start so far. Um, they're pretty much 0-2, even though they have a tie. Uh, they tied with Houston in Houston, and then they went to Jacksonville and completely got destroyed. Matt Ryan only has one touchdown to four, two, four interceptions this year i think the you know i wouldn't say that they're pulling the panic i don't know how the team's feeling i don't even know how that fan base is even really feeling i don't i don't get on you know the colts you know fan bases and troll or anything like that i'm not saying i've never trolled before or anything you know i think it's funny at times depending on you know who you're doing it to i mostly just do it to friends no like i don't like to get on like fan pages and start trolling fans like that that's just not me I'll usually just crack jokes with buddies of mine that like opposing teams but um yeah so uh lost my train of thought um yeah so I I don't know how those fans feel over there about their start I'm sure you know obviously they're not happy about starting you know, with a tie and then obviously a loss and getting destroyed by Jacksonville. They just can't seem to beat Jacksonville. And I don't know if that's like them losing to Jacksonville in general or they just can't beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville. I Like they have lost like so many matchups to Jacksonville. It's like kind of crazy to think about. But Frank Reich, in my opinion, I think he's an overrated coach. Um, you know, it, I mean, really, maybe a two-year hit wonder OC in Philly with uh Carson Wentz, you know, and then a little bit with Nick Foles. I think, I think winning a Super Bowl essentially with you know Nick Foles, even though that was Doug Peterson mostly calling the plays. I think the Nick Foles being able to bring in a a backup quarterback and still manage to go through the playoffs and win, even though I feel like that team was just kind of overall really just very good. That year, that Philadelphia Eagles team, um, I think that's what got Frank Wright kind of like this head coaching job. Now, his first year was was obviously a decent year. I mean, they went to the playoffs. They were, I mean, they, I, I don't know what the record was that year, but um, I don't know what the record was that year. But I know that they went to the playoffs and we knocked them out in the divisional round. I was at that game, but that was... You know, that was uh that was a good game. And then I was obviously at the following year when we actually played the AFC South the uh, Super Bowl winning year, but we had dropped that that ugly Sunday night game. It was our first primetime game of the year, and uh, we dropped it to the uh, to the Colts. It was like ugly. It was like thirteen and nineteen or something like that. Yeah, super low scoring. Pat got hurt in that game, he was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was It was just completely like a weird game. So, and he's gone through quarterbacks. I mean, unfortunately, Andrew Luck retired on him. I think that kind of killed him, killed that organization, because they haven't really been the same, like team wise, since then. Um, The following year, they go with Jacoby Brissett. You know, you're, you know, the only, even though he came into Arrowhead and won, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's Jacoby Brissett. You know, they didn't do anything that year. Um, Marlon Mack was pretty good. They had a great offensive line, you know, when they had Ryan Kelly, uh, Quentin Nelson and, uh, you know, Anthony Costanzo, but Costanzo retired and I don't even know where Kelly's at, you know, I'm he's probably somewhere else or he might be a free agent. I have no idea. Um, and then, or he, you know, I don't know if he's still, you know, I don't even know if he's still there or whatnot, but you know, Quentin Nelson's still there. He's their best offensive lineman, probably the best guard. You know, um, and then, you know, you have Zach Martin, but I think Quentin Nelson probably is just overall the best guard. Uh, He holds that line down from a guard position especially. Um, They had Eric Fisher last year, but, you know, Eric Fisher's on the market now. He's a free agent. Um, You know, but he didn't really pan out there last year. Uh, You know, they moved moved Marlon Mack because they drafted uh, Jonathan Taylor, and he's a beast. We're going to get into a little bit about him. Um, but yeah, I've, I just I just have always thought Frank Wright was kind of an overrated coach. I mean, after Jacoby Percet, they went on to Philip Rivers. You know, we know that experiment, you know, and, it you know, it, I think that was cool because Philip, you know, was done with uh, the Chargers and, you know, they wanted a veteran quarterback. And that was probably the best veteran to get at the time, even though he had through you know, 30, I think he had through, like, 30 interceptions, like, the year before in 2019. Um, it was bad. Like, it was, like, him and, I think, yeah, him and Jameis were, like, up there and in interceptions. It was, like, ridiculous. Um, and then, yeah, and then in 20, he had Phillip in 2020, and then in 2021, he had, they traded all those picks for Carson Wentz because Phillip Rivers retired from football, you know, and they knew he was he only wanted to do one year, and you know, just to see if he could do anything with another team. And he took them to the playoffs. They, I mean they they were a wild card team. They I, they didn't make the playoffs in 2019, um, you know, and because they didn't expect Andrew to retire. And then in 2020, they made the playoffs with. Um, Phillip Rivers, but, you know, they lost the Bills in the wild card matchup. And then last year, you know, in last season, they traded all his picks for Carson Wentz, and that was a tire fire. You know, they wasted um, they wasted some capital on that, you know, but they wanted a quarterback, and Frank White had, was successful with Carson Wentz in Philly, but... Sometimes those things don't really pan out. You know, usually you try to move like a coach will be a coordinator somewhere, have so much success with the player there. Then he goes and becomes a head coach and then for a team for a few years. And then that player that he did really well with in that team leaves that team, you know, for whatever reason, and then comes and joins the OC that he was very successful with, but who is now a head coach. Sometimes that shit never really works. I always think that some, it's always situational. Teams and success is always situational. Sometimes players don't have the same impact on other teams as they did. I'm not saying that that's not every case. Clearly that's not, I like, look, Tyreek Hill, for example, he's still the cheetah. He's always going to be the cheetah no matter where he goes. But anyways, um, so, that didn't work out with Carson Wentz. And then they went ahead, moved, they moved on from him, traded him to Washington. And then they, uh, sent some picks to Atlanta for Matt Ryan. And, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, I don't, maybe you can say his MVP year, he was carried by Ridley, um, or, no, I think Ridley was maybe even drafted in 2018, so Ridley was probably not even there. Let me see real quick. And he's obviously not playing. Um, Yeah, so he actually was not... Yeah, because that was uh, actually 2016. So Ridley wasn't even there yet. So they had Devontae Freeman. They had a decent offensive line. They had a defense. Dan Quinn was the head coach. He had came from Seattle, built that defense pretty well. And, you know, he had Julio. And Julio was the most dominant receiver at the, at the time. And I think um, – you know there so there was a lot of factors that went into his mvp. I'm not saying he didn't ball. Obviously he did. He had astounding numbers and they were supposed to win the super bowl but they let Patriots come back on them. But Matt Ryan is now with the Colts. He wanted to leave Atlanta because of the rumors of them trying to get Deshaun Watson and they're like, "What the fuck? Why are you trying to get this guy while I'm here do and he's going through the circumstances." So he was like, "You know what? I'm done. Get me out of here. Just trade me. Trade me. Trade me. I know you guys are going to move on from me anyways. Trade me. So that's what they did. And they they traded him. And they were horrible last year. The Falcons were. So he traded him to the Colts. And nothing has shown anything. Again, they're, they're bad. They're bad. And they're missing some guys. He has no receivers. Pierce hasn't. I don't even think Pierce has played. Pittman's out. You know, so it's. You know, his guys are hurt. He's got a couple guys that are hurt or banged up, you know. And that defense, I mean, Shaq Leonard, it looks like he's questionable. Or actually, you know, he's actually out, it looks like. Um, no, he's actually questionable. And then Yannick Ngakwe is questionable. I mean, they got some guys. I mean, Quitty Pay had a decent rookie year. They have, uh, you know, DeForest Buckner, who's a really good defensive tackle. But... Divorce Buckner hasn't been divorced Buckner since San Francisco, in my opinion. Um, still a talented player, not taking anything away from him. Um, they have Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore is a really good corner. Uh, they, oh, wow. I did not know they got uh, – I mean, McCle- Rodney McLeod came from uh, the Seahawks, but they also got uh, Nick Cross, the safety from Maryland. I really, really liked him. He's actually a big safety. He's rangy too. Um and then they got Stephon Gilmore, um the the longtime corner, so longtime veteran corner, all pro corner, um and they have Bobby Okiriki, You know he's kind of a, a I think he's an underrated linebacker. He's really really athletic. Uh had a high athletic score coming out of um college, and you know I wouldn't say he's uh on like that athletic level of like a, a Willie Gay or anything like that, but. Uh he's kind of got that you know that oomph to it. And then, you know, you have uh they have Jojo Doman as like one of their backup linebackers, and I liked him coming out of uh Nebraska. So oh, and I I guess they have Armani Watts on their team and but he is on IR, so uh he won't be playing anytime soon. They moved on from their punter um Actually, you know what? They still have Ryan Kelly. They actually do have Ryan Kelly still as their center. But, you know, I mean, he's a—he's still a decent center. But, again, they're really not that same offensive line that they used to be. Um, you know, they I mean, yeah, you have Jonathan Taylor who's ripping off runs. But, you know, he's running behind probably one guy and that's it. Or like Quentin, Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, you know. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why the Chiefs didn't you know, take him in the draft is because, you know, he was a he was a workhorse in college. Um, But, you know, that's going to be the key guy that we're going to have to stop. I, I see a lot of base, a lot of big nickel. I mean, that's what you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a lot of box. You know, I mean, Matt Ryan isn't really scaring anybody, but do not be, do not, you know, be bitten on the play action. He does like the play action a lot. Um, His arm, I looked at it. It's gone. It's, it's gone. Like, it's not there. Like, it is, I mean, and maybe, maybe we just haven't seen it yet. I mean, but looking at what I've seen in film, bro, like, it's, like, it's ugly, like, it's almost looking as bad as, I mean, I'm not going to say it's as bad, but it's its like slow balls in the air, almost as bad as uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And it's its not looking good. So I'm not saying that our, def- our defense is going to come have a heyday in interceptions, but we have to take advantage of, you know, bad balls thrown. That's just what it's going to have to come down to. Um, because they're gonna rely heavily on the run game they are i mean that's just who they have behind their backfield you know and if you stop him and make them one dimensional I think we have a really good i mean we're already favored by a lot but um you know I think that they're really gonna we're gonna really have a chance now so I'm not saying sleep i mean this definitely could be a trap game i mean it's their home opener they have not looked good so far but because that can be a dangerous mindset now i don't the way that Jeff Chadia was kind of trying to explain it on his podcast with uh, Eric Eager and uh, Saren Petro, he was trying to make it sound like, oh, do not. Like, oh, that's a scary team, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, like, you know, you you want to take every team serious because, yeah, a team that has not won yet may be a little bit more motivated, and especially it being their home opener. But looking on their team, I mean, coaching – quarterback, offensive line in totality, you know, I would say mm, I mean they have some they have guys on their defense but I mean their defense hasn't seemed to put it together like that. I mean, they had Matt Eberflus last year who's now coaching the Bears but you know When you change DCs like that, sometimes the same effect doesn't usually happen. I mean, sometimes you elevate guys. I mean, obviously, Dan Quinn was elevated from Gus Bradley, who we will be playing against this year or this Saturday since he is now the DC or Sunday since he is now the DC for the Colts. Um, But, you know, Dan Quinn essentially was like pretty much a spitting image as far as like from a schematical point standpoint was the same type of same type of uh defense that Gus Bradley won so he mimicked it and it was successful um because he was the DC for the Seahawks when they had won the Super Bowl even though Gus Bradley had built that defense um so you know I, I, their defense, you know, again, they have guys, but, you know, Shaquille Leonard or Darius Leonard, however, what he wants to go through the, go uh, as this year, you know, is he, you know, is he fully healthy? Is he going to be, you know, at full go, you know, is he going to be able to do the things that he's asked to do at full speed? I mean, he's a pro, you know, I'm not saying these guys can't do it, but, you know, if you're hurt going against a team like us, I mean, I don't know. You never know. I mean, Gilmore is Gilmore. Gilmore has been in this league for so long. He had some flash with the Panthers last year, but you know, I don't. You know, I don't think he's a he's all all world beater corner anymore. So, we're gonna have to take advantage of a lot of things right now. Um, and if they're as bad as they are, if the Colts are as bad as they are, they're gonna get boat raced by us because. I know that the Chargers, it looked ugly, but the Chargers are a fucking good team. I don't care what anybody says. They are a great, they are a good team. They, you know, they have a built roster. Whether you want to like, whether some people disagree with it or disagree with it, you know, they have a good roster. But, um, what was I going to say? With the Colts, uh, you just have to be... Prepared for anything and everything to happen on Sunday. Um, trying to think what it's going to come down to. So our uh, our offense is going to have to score a lot of points, you know, this Sunday, because if you put so many points on the board, they're going to have to tell Jonathan Taylor, hey, bro, like us running the ball is not going to help us win this game. And if you force Matt Ryan to actually try to win you the game, he's not going to be able to do it. You know, I just I just don't see it happening. Based off what I've seen in the first two weeks, I hope I'm not wrong. Obviously, I want this dub this Sunday. I think all of Cheese Kingdom wants this dub this Sunday. It's actually our first noon game of the year. uh, One of two noon games because I think we only have two. We could have three. I could be wrong, but I think we only have two. Uh, so we have to take advantage of the mismatches, uh, cause I don't know really who are their really good backup, uh, backup, uh, receivers are like that. Um, I mean, you know what, you know, and at the end of the day, Pittman and Pierce could actually play, even though they're both questionable, they could legitimately play. But again, what percent are they going to be at? You know, how many snaps are you going to be able to give them before they really, really hurt? Because they're both – Pierce is a rookie and Pittman's a one-year player. Pittman was drafted – and you know what? Pittman actually was probably drafted in 2020, so I think he might be a two-year player. I think he actually played with Phillip Rivers. So, you know, at the end of the day – you know, you want to keep your guys good. I mean, they have not, uh, you know, other than Jonathan Taylor, they have Naheem Hines, Naheem Himes, Hines. He's okay. He's got some, uh, he's a decent backup running back. Um, and then then I got Paris Campbell, but Paris Campbell's a middle, like a mediocre receiver. He's nothing really special. Um, and then, you know, they're tight ends. They have, you know, they had Ogletree, but he's on IR, uh, and then they have, uh, Kylan Grayson and uh, Mo, Mo Alley Cox. Mo Alley Cox actually was really good his rookie year with Andrew Luck, but then you know it just hasn't just hasn't panned out really for him. And granted, going against going through multiple quarterbacks like that, it's tough. It's very tough. Um, one thing I will say about Indianapolis, and you know they have uh, Chris Ballard, I believe. Yeah who came from who came from Kansas City as their g m um but it <laughs> the thing is they don't have this i know chris Ballard tried to implement some of the same things that probably- that came over here from Kansas City, but you know they're they're i would say they're um their scouting is not it's not the same because they can't they can't find a quarterback, obviously. Granted, quarterback classes haven't been super strong over the years like that, but you know, there were guys that they probably could have tried to develop. I mean, they have Sam Ellinger, but he couldn't get past he couldn't he couldn't beat out Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz was bad for them last year. So, you know, again, we're going to have to force a lot of mismatches uh, going into this game. Um, looking back on their defense, uh, you know, it's – I you know, I, I I just don't really see anything super crazy. I mean, they're secondary. They're secondary. They have some guys, but they're young. I mean, the only really true guy that really scares me in that defense – From a a, like it would be Kenny Moore, but you know I'm not trying to take anything away from Gilmore, but Gilmore hasn't been really Gilmore since he's left New England, and what that happens, we see guys who are just never the same anywhere else. Um, you know I think our line's gonna be able to block this up pretty well. I mean, again, Yannick Ngakwe is not. Uh, you know, he's questionable. So it's going to be one of those things, you know, where where is he at uh, percent wise? And Pay again, he had a good rookie year, but nothing like out like nothing over the world rookie year. And, you know, if you take care of force Buckner, you can kind of neutralize this defensive line and force, you know, their linebackers to really play a big, big, big part of this game. Uh, game and i'm not saying that they can't cuz again Bobby Okereke and Shaquille Leonard are actually decent players um they uh, I, if i mention this i apologize but they released uh, their kicker um Rodrigo something uh I forget his name but it's like something Rodrigo or Rod yeah uh goggles you know played kicker kicker for you know Georgia you know, I, I he was good, but he had some misses, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I just maybe they just thought they could get something better. I, I don't know. Um, That's kind of, you know, going over their team, really. I mean, it's I, I don't know what to really, really say about the Colts other than I think a lot of people were surprised and they thought that they were actually going to be decent. You know, maybe when they're fully healthy, maybe we might start seeing something. And, you know, it is kind of fair that they kind of do this every year. They kind of start off a little slow. They kind of start getting wins, like kind of mid-October, really good wins, like mid-October, bleeding into November, you know, maybe December because they've had two playoff runs. They they didn't have one last year or – they didn't have one last year or in – 2019 but they were good in 2018 and 2020 so you know Frank Reich has shown some promise but again I think really at the end of the day they need to draft a quarterback and they need to develop one they they need to they they really need to I think that's the only way that that franchise has any form of success moving forward you can't build around these old guys you're trying to buy these old guys for what? How long? How long are you trying to buy them for? You know, I I don't know. I mean, again, is that t- is are they going to rely heavily on Jonathan Taylor on Sunday? You know, are you going to do that if if we're up? You know, thirty. We're up twenty eight to seven going into the you know third quarter. Are you going to do that? I'm not saying that's going to be the score, but you know. Gus Bradley runs a freaking cover 3 with a single which is with this which is with a single high safety. He was the defensive coordinator for, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say since Mahomes has been our quarterback, he's been the DC for the Chargers. He was the DC for the Chargers since Mahomes started in 18, in 19, and in 20. Mahomes only had lost to the Chargers one time. One time out of that span, and that wasn't because of his de That wasn't because of Gus Bradley's defense. That was because our our defense was horrid, and uh we let Mike Williams, who is a chief killer, just like Kelsey's a was a. I mean, even though Kelsey was quiet this last game, he normally is a Charger killer. Mike Williams is a chief killer. And we could not stop him that game. And he scored a two-minute, or he still uh, scored a two-point conversion at the uh, last minute. So Mahomes has a great record against Gus Bradley's defense, you know. And obviously, last year in Vegas in 2021 was his only one year because he was a he was essentially hired by Gruden. I think and then that whole and then that whole organization wanted a clean, you know, clean slate. They wanted everybody that Gruden had pretty much brought on gone. They wanted just a clean slate of coaches and scout or uh, and personnel and people like that. But um his one year with the Raiders, he gave up 89 points to us in both games total, with a single high safety. And you know what? You can say, oh, well, I probably didn't have the personnel or whatnot and this and that. I'm sorry, but our offense is so much complex more than that, that you don't have the guys that are going to be able to run with our guys like that. This is going to have to be a juju game. Juju is one of the best zone reading receivers in the game. He is. If you watch his Pittsburgh film, if you watch his Pittsburgh film, this dude can find the, the the broken holes at any point of the zones, and stuff like that. He's one of the best. He's he's one of the best underneath receivers, you know. Currently, you know, in the league, you know. Now, Mahomes needs a needs to look a little bit more, you know. And I think that's taking time. He's looking everywhere. I'm not saying he isn't looking at Juju, but you know going up against a Chargers defense that was that took away some things um but this defense won't be like that you know it Mahomes is going to see open boxes so that I really hope Juju could ha- get 100 yards this game I hope Kelsey gets his 100 yards this game Kelsey usually does pretty fairly well Against Gus Bradley's defenses because he's usually having some punk ass linebacker trying to guard him, which Kelsey's gonna kill a linebacker every time. Every time. The only, only linebacker that I know that really, really shut Kelsey down was Levante David in the Super Bowl. But if you look at that film, Levante David was pretty much bear hugging Kelsey the whole fucking game. So in reality, he was getting his ass kicked. You know, Mahomes just was running for his life that he couldn't he couldn't feed Kelsey the way he wanted to. So it 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 may it helped Levante out a lot that he had a great pass rush that night. So um anyways, Kelsey, you know, Kelsey will kill one of his linebackers, and you know, we're gonna feed Juju underneath. This can be an MVS and Hardman game. Probably gonna see a lot of those deep routes because who's that safety if you have two guys beating those uh beating those corners that are supposed to help that drop deep those boundary corners which sometimes you might make them play underneath a little bit when they drop back who are you gonna take that safety is gonna have to make one decision and if if, if VS is beating you over the top or Harmon's beating you over the top that's why Tyreek Hill had that's why Tyreek Hill had bomb stats against them in both games, had amazing stats. I want and even especially the first match, uh first matchup last year. Even in the most of the matchups, even before, in when he when Gus Bradley was DC for the Chargers, same, same situations. I saw on Twitter today they asked him if he was gonna run. His same thing, you know, because of what Mahomes normally does to it. Are you going to do, you know, or are you going to do something different? He's like, oh, well, you know, we're going to stick to what, you know, what we know. And, um, you know, because, you know, we've had some success, you know, against them and stuff. You know, it, it just, you know, we've had turnovers, you know, completely blames it on the offense. Granted, I will admit. Derek Carr was bad in both games, so it didn't help putting his defense always constantly out there just to get killed by Mahomes. But you had a good you had uh, I wouldn't say you had a good offense with the Chargers because you had Anthony Lynn pretty much helping you had or you had Anthony Lynn doing that. Anthony Lynn's not a good OC. He's not a good OC, and he's not a good. He's not a good OC, and he was not a good head coach. He had probably – he had one decent year with them, and that was it. One decent year, and that was – that. and he was done. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, bro, it, Gus, you're going to get killed if you run that defense. He doesn't really blitz a lot. Gus doesn't blitz. He He really – like, again, when he had the Legion of Boom way back when – those guys were so dominant in the secondary that all their sacks were coverage sacks because the quarterback's like, I can't throw it and the line can't hold up for that long. And then you have the ends, you have Quentin Jefferson and freaking Cliff Averill, not Frank Clark because he wasn't there yet. Um, you know, and freaking Bruce Irvin, all these other pass rushers and stuff like that all over the quarterback super easily because you know Bobby Wagner can cover uh uh, uh Bobby Wagner can cover um god a long time linebacker that they had that actually played with the Raiders last year oh god um can't think of him I'm I can not think of him off the top of my head I cannot think of him but long time uh long time uh Seahawk linebacker um he played with Bobby him those guys could cover those guys can drop you know so you know you, KJ Wright KJ Wright can take away any of the flat any of the flat zone reads or anything like that and then or you know you but he buzzed out a lot whereas you had Bobby drop you know do those middle reads and stuff um and then you had Cam Chancellor crashing down every time taking out his his zones while you had Earl Thomas being that single high who was so range he could move fast anywhere you needed him to be, and Richard Sherman, one of the best covered three zone corners to ever play the game, dude was so good in in out in space because he was so range he could move was a receiver in college, you know, so essentially it's like he knew where the receiver was gonna be at every time. He can play any any yards off and he just would kill you, you know, and take away a lot of things. And you know they had another then they had uh uh Baron Browner, their other corner who was a hard hitting corner on the option side. So yeah, they had a great secondary. He don't got no great secondary with the Colts. You know, you don't you, you don't got no great secondary with the Colts. I'm sorry. You know, so I at the end of the day, Pat has time in the pocket. He's going to kill you. It's going to happen. But you know what? I want to see a lot in this game. I want to see a lot of Clyde. I want to see a lot of McKinnon. And you know what? I, they're not activating Rojo, obviously. Um, but, you know, uh, I want to say... Uh, Pacheco if he actually gets in there you know I want to run I actually want to run the ball now we're running a little bit more but we still are giving up on it way too early in my opinion you know usually we'll come out firing in the first the first drive with like ripping off like maybe six six to five maybe five to six run plays I may be exaggerating a little bit but five to six run plays and then we won't do it and then we'll do it beginning of the second half like kind of in a scripted format too and then we just won't do it no more unless we're winning and we're just trying to eat clock you know so i get we have pat but you know we we have to run the ball a little bit more we have to take defenses we have to we have to you know uh fill those boxes up because Playing against us, I mean, some teams are like, okay, they don't have Tyreek Hill no more. We don't have to drop as many people. We can actually play our normal base, but at the end of the day, I know I know that they don't really want to do that. They 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 want to be able to, you know, um uh do their exotic things and do, you know, their normal uh pressures and this and that. So um sorry I lost my train of thought I kind of was going all over the place um yeah no I mean if you know Mahomes he's just gotta you know feed every wide open man that he sees uh oh yeah I was on the run game so percent wise you know I it's still roughly around like the high 20% um, right now. I would like to see about 32% running. If we can run 32 to 33% of the time and then the rest all be pass or play action, which we'll do a lot of play action. You've been seeing a lot of Mahomes under center. It's, it's nice. It's really well, it's nice seeing him work the field a little bit and being a little bit more patient. I think our tackles should have a little bit easier time with Ngakwe and, Pay. So you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, knock on, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now. I'm not trying to, you know, wish, you know, bad juju or getting bad juju, no pun intended on juju for um uh you know our tackles or anything like that, you know, by going up against, you know, who I think are probably tier three to tier four pass rushers, you know. I don't think you're you not. Yannick Ngakwe really hasn't been anything since Jacksonville in my opinion now him and him and Max Crosby I think they had over 10 sacks last year so they they were okay but you know they moved on from Ngakwe because they wanted Chandler Jones um so or the the Raiders did but the Colts I think or I think Brown and uh you know Andrew Wiley, and speaking of Andrew Wiley, I have to give it up to him i have I have had my issues with Andrew Wiley, and maybe I think because of the you know some of the penalties he's had um struggles and you know even in the Super Bowl. Uh, he struggled, and I, you know, and I again, he never played right tackle like that. So I, I, I have to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But he played it very decent last year, in some spots. Although you know, most of us wanted Niang to develop and be that guy because he's big, and you know, you see that potential in in him. Um, even though I do like Matt Verdam's uh quote on that or. His reasoning behind uh the word potential. If you guys have ever heard him talk about it, it's it's really it's a really good saying. And he said that he got it from his father. His father taught him that saying, you know, and he pretty much ran with it growing up and it makes sense. And I'm pretty much going to run with that, too. It pretty, it's saying that potential potential's is a fancy word, a fancy word for saying that you haven't done shit. And it's true. So, we can't sit here and say, "Oh well, they you know they have the you know he had you know he had the potential of things and stuff like that. You know he was bad at first, but he's getting a lot better. I will admit that Andrew Wiley is giving getting a lot better at playing that right tackle side now, obviously going up against a dominant pass rush like the chargers had, you needed to chip more with both sides because they both were struggling a little bit just one on ones with." You know, uh, Joey and Khalil, those guys were getting so much pressure with one-on-ones on them. So they had a chip. They had to use t- extra tight end. And I saw Clyde and, you know, McKinnon, you know, throwing their bodies around like that. So it, it was good to see. And we may have to do that a little bit depending on how things look. I, I don't see that happening. I think Brown can handle – Brown can handle um, – uh, I want to say Brown can handle – uh uh, Yannick and uh, Quitty Pay can get handled by uh, Andrew Wiley. I can probably, you know, Quitty Pay is a little bit older, um, you know, probably a little bit higher motor. So I would probably still probably use a little bit tight end help on the uh, Wiley side, and you know, maybe we still run a lot of you know thirteen personnel, twelve personnel, um, you know, maybe even a little bit of twenty one personnel. I which I think we will. I mean, we pff, fuck. You're going to see a lot of looks. I mean, Andy Reid is very vanilla in September. Very, very vanilla in September. Um, we won't start seeing a lot of craziness until about mid-October to November football. When things start heating up. When winds are like... You you have to knock these wins out to really solidify playoff spots. So, um, if... The Colts lose to us this weekend, which I believe they will. Obviously, I have us winning. I Now, I will admit, I, I've said this in previous episodes when I talked about wins and losses. I had the Colts down as our first loss. But based off what I've seen so far, completely different mindset. So... Um and there's a game tonight since it's Thursday. Uh second Amazon Prime game. It is the Cleveland Browns and Steelers. I'm going to watch it, even though I think that might be a ugh match. It's it's Brissett versus Trubisky. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that, guys. Um and TJ Watts hurt, you know, so you're not you're gonna not really see any super, super dominant pass rushing like that, you know, other than you know, you still have um uh, Cam Hayward, and you know they still have Highsmith, but you know ain't nobody like T.J. Watt on that defense. So um I do, although I do like the addition of Miles Jack. That is a that was a nice pickup from them. Uh, they needed another linebacker like that. uh Anyways, back onto our game. I I'm chalking this up as a win. I think we're gonna pull it out. You know, I just don't. You know, I I think we're you know we're on a roll right now and i i think Mahomes you know with all the talk going on you know between Allen and you know best quarterback and how the narratives keep happening and stuff like that you know i personally think that him and Allen are really going to i don't want to say they're going to be like that you know Magic Johnson, the Larry Bird rivalry or anything like that. But if you guys know the history behind that rivalry, those guys tried to beat each other every week, every week. Magic would, you know, read the newspaper about the Boston Celtics game and see how much Bird scored. And he said, "Okay, well, I got to go do more than that by at least one more, you know, better. And Bird would do the same thing. Look at the L.A. game in the newspaper. See how much Magic scored. And he would turn around and do the exact same thing. You know, hey, maybe Allen saw that week one matchup, you know, after he had had his first game, saw Mahomes throw five tubs. Now, Allen only threw, I think Allen only threw five. Allen only threw four in his game, but he had monster stats. I mean, he had monster stats that night. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he threw as many touchdowns as, uh, Pat did. Um, I know, because I know Diggs had, um, and oh, you know, actually, you no, know, maybe he did throw five. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, all I know is that Diggs had, um, no, I think he only threw four because he threw, he threw three in his first game. This is going to bother me. So I'm going to have to look this up. I'm getting completely off topic right now. And I meant to make this episode a little bit uh, shorter, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, so Allen did have three touchdowns in that first game. And then he did have four in this last game, I believe. Yep. So, yeah. Even though Pat threw five in his first game and then two in this last matchup against the Chargers, I mean, Allen hadn't put up monster stats after this game so that we played against the Chargers. So what is Mahomes gonna do? Is he gonna? Are we gonna hang another forty to fifty burger on a cover three defense? I I hope so. I mean, I hope Kelsey gets his hundred. I hope Juju gets a hundred. I hope MVS gets a touchdown. And I know we are wanting Sky more, but be patient. Andy Reid is very very hesitant about implementing rookies, certain rookies in his offense. You know, Sky is sure-handed, you know, and there's been a lot of plays where he's been open when he's been, his name has been called, you know, but, you know, Mahomes has just got to see it, you know, and there's got to, there's, there's a lot of trust that goes into that too, I'm sure. Um, you know, he had that one catch in the Arizona Cardinal game and we all thought he was about to just take off running. You know, we're going to see flashes like that and we'll start to see more as the season goes on, but. Again, Andy does not like really, really put, you know, putting that much on rookies' plates right from the beginning, especially the receiver, because the receivers have to know so much in his offense. You know, There's so many route combinations, and I, I was told that one route in just one play that he has so many packages for or one formation he has so many packages for in one play or one route, I should say, one route on one play in his uh playbook turns into three, uh, basically all um alternative routes, or uh, you know, I would I don't want to say secondary routes because there's you know you can. You know, I'm not gonna give an example, but literally, you can make a route turn. You can and you have the option to change it and turn it into other three routes. It's like Mill. It's like Mill's concept is what I is what I believe it is. Like you, you basically there's like three plays off of a player, three routes off of a route. You, it's all about just reading your keys and reading how you, the defense is playing you, essentially um kelsey talks about it all the time and if you guys haven't heard him and his brother they have an dope podcast out called uh the heights i believe or heights it's hilarious i actually listened to their first episode today super funny it's actually cool to see travis you know like that we all know who we, you know what he's like but you know, for his brother being, you know, his brother, I always knew that Jason was funny, you know, based off seeing his Super Bowl speech and what his what Travis said about him. But I don't you know, I don't think um, I don't think I actually really got to see his funniness like that. So I, I it, it was funny hearing Jason talk and just hearing him and his brother, you know, have that, you know, that in common. A lot of things in common with each other, obviously both being NFL players and playing in the league for a long time, both winning championships uh, within a three-year span from each other, because Jason won 52, we won 54, so um, yeah. um, But anyways, back on the game, um, our defense spags, you know, just rush, rush, rush. When you get opportunities, you know, we got to make our pass rush has to be on point to make uh, Matt Ryan uncomfortable because he's a Statue of Liberty quarterback and he can't really throw like that. They're going to try to run with Jonathan Taylor, shut down the run first and then earn the right to pass rush. You saw NASCAR last game and it was beautiful. Chris Jones had a sack off of it. it was so beautiful to see the NASCAR go out there like that. Um when he has his NASCAR pass rush, you know, going out. Um you know, obviously with the I mentioned it in the the Willie Gay episode with him being out, we're going to probably see a lot more of our base three linebackers out there. Um I did hear about a situation where they might, you know, and I don't know if I mentioned this but they they might have Nick move over to Will since last year he did play um a little bit of Will and you know some Sam but uh mostly you know Will and Mike um in the uh base he knows the outside linebacker's roles so you know I can see a spot where they may put him at Will and then have uh Darius Harris be the Mike since he's the backup Mike essentially and even though the mic typically calls a play, still let uh, uh, Nick be the uh, green dot and have him call the defense, but play the Will spot mainly. Or you can just you know have Darius play the Will spot and you know in the in the base with the three linebackers and have Nick just play his natural role at the mic. I really don't see them really moving Leo too much. They I think they're just going to keep him at Sam. I mean they're going to run the ball a lot, so you're going to really need him out there a lot. Anyways, so he's going to get a lot more playing time than he has in the previous matchups. Um, but yeah, no, it's you're going to sprinkle in a little bit of Elijah Lee, too. You know, he could play a little bit of that nickel role uh, when they go into the nickel. It's not the will. It's the Mike and the Buffalo or sorry, the, the Buffalo. That is his Buffalo package, but it it's uh it's the um, Mike and Buck. So you'll have probably. I would – maybe you have Darius run the buck or you may have Nick run the buck because he played a little bit of the buck linebacker too last year. And then you have Darius call them uh, – you know, be the mic. I don't know what's going to specifically happen. All I know is that, you know, it's it sucks not having Willie there, but it is what it is. We'll make the adjustments and be fine. I hope Carl Loftus gets his first sack. I hope Frank gets a fucking sack. You know, Chris maybe getting one. I just hope that they eat um when they get matt ryan and the colts that point uh but again we have to stop the run first we cannot let jonathan taylor run in between the tackles because that's what he's going to do he's a powerful back he's a big back you have to attack at the hip and attack at the lower body It's how you're going to get him down that's how you get these types of backs down is you have to hit them low um I, you know, uh, maybe when we go in, maybe on pass downs, we may see a lot, lot of dime, you know, uh, Spags loves his dime package, but he doesn't really run it a lot in the beginning of the year because it's, it's his favorite package to go in because he runs a lot of his exotic coverages and blitzes out of it. So he's going to probably – we'll probably start implementing that more going in towards the later years. So I, I see this being a lot of uh, base 4-3 three, three, and a lot of nickel and big nickel, um, you know, bringing a, in the big nickel, having your two linebackers, but bringing a safety down to play, help more for run support or whatnot or, you know, covering a tight end or taking out some flat zones. Um, and with that, I that may be Brian Cook – uh, I don't know how much you know. He's kind of in the doghouse of the penalties last week. Um, it could be Justin Reed. I've seen p- spots where in practice where it's been Justin Reed. Um, you know, it's it, it could you know it could easily be Thornhill. We never know. I I don't really think th- they want Thornhill like like they like Thornhill deep so. You know, I think it may be, you know, either Justin Reed, Brian Cook, uh, Devin Bush. Devin Bush definitely can be um, an example or a player that can come down and play some of that box role. You know, he played uh, really well in the preseason. I have mentioned that before. Um, but overall, you know, it, you know, I think our defense will be fine for the most part. Our corners, I think it'll be Jalen Watson and Snead going out there um, as far as when we go into uh Nickel. Our, I think the base they're probably gonna stick with Fenton, and um, Fenton and probably Snead, and then when we go in the nickel sets, we'll probably bring Jalen Watson in and probably give him a breather with Williams, and then obviously primarily have Snead and Fenton out there. So um, our defense is gonna, our defense is gonna have to come out firing again, and you know hold them down, you know to so many points, take take care of the run, and then get Matt Ryan uncomfortable when he gets into his pass sets. Um, and, you know, basically turn Frank Wright into – make Frank Wright keep looking overrated as he is. Um, but uh, my prediction for this game, I think we will win a 30 – I think we're going to win 33 to 10. That is my score. I think it's going to be 33 to 10. However that happens, I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, and I'm looking very, very forward to it. And I hope you guys are too, Chiefs Kingdom. Um, I don't think there's any more I need to preview. I hope you guys enjoyed all that. I kind of went a little overboard in time, but that is okay. Um, and I will try to get the review for this, uh, next coming game out, you know, just whenever I can the following week. So, uh, hope you guys, again, if you guys, uh, are down there in the, uh, where the is about to be bad, hope you guys can, you know, be safe and take shelter and, My girlfriend's actually flying down there for work, so that's gonna be a little nervous. But things probably won't get too bad, and she'll be gone by that point. Um, And, you know, I'll give my game grade and my game ball for this game, too. Um, Trying to think, is there anything else that I wanna cover before we get out of here? I feel like there's something that I'm gonna miss, and then, you know, I'm gonna get so mad after I get done doing, you know, uh, editing and getting this uh, video video or the video this uh, episode published. Oh, so social media, please follow my Instagram account. It's Kingdom Connect uh, with the one and a five inside the name, just like how it's spelled on the podcast logo. I took down the Twitter page. Uh, I believe I mentioned that probably before in a previous episode um had to you know wasn't really getting a lot of interaction on it wasn't really getting a lot of follows on it I'm getting a lot of views on this episode so i thank you for that i hope you guys are all enjoying my content and what i have to share with you guys as far as uh, chiefs go um and i hope uh you guys can like and or like and follow this podcast you guys can get it on all audio platforms spotify anchor google podcast apple podcast Um, And yeah, just follow my page on Instagram if you can, Um, you know, and I, you know, there's a Facebook page to it, but I really rarely get on that. Um, But the Instagram page, I'm a little bit more active on. So uh, if you guys have any suggestions, shoot me a DM for anybody who wants to interact, maybe be a guest one day on the show, you know, DM me. Um, You know, I'm always willing to interact with anybody about anything. You know, I love football and I love the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Chiefs Kingdom, that's going to go ahead and do it for this preview episode. And we're going to go ahead and kick some Colts ass this Sunday. Let's get it, Chiefs Kingdom. The connect is always real.